lead generation strategies for B2B tech companies, a podcast by Brightvision. Here, you will learn how to generate great leads from the most experienced B2B sales and marketing people. Your host today, and always, is Jakob Levenbrand, CEO at Brightvision. Let's get started. Hello there, everybody, and welcome to today's episode of the Legion for Tech Company podcast. Today, we're going to talk about how to build and maintain and develop a healthy pipeline in 2020. And we have a very interesting guest with us here today called Tim Wackel. Tim is the founder and president of the Wackel Group which is a training and consulting firm dedicated to helping organizations find, win, and keep customers for life. And um, we have had Tim with us here on a webinar a few years back, and it was very one of our most popular webinars ever. So I'm sure we're going to have a great uh, dialogue here. Hello, Tim, and welcome to today's uh, show. Hey, Jacob. How are you today? I'm fine, thank you. I'm fine. And uh, how are you? Very well, thank you. I appreciate being a guest on your show today. I know we have a lot of interesting questions to ask you since you're a really good expert on everything related to sales, especially B2B sales and complex processes and how to build pipelines and so on. So we're going to talk about that a little bit today. And uh, I just thought that first, maybe you can um, start out with giving us a little bit of background to yourself and your story and how you ended up being a sales trainer and starting your own consulting organization. Yeah, sure. Um, you know, kind of a high level overview is, is, is I was an accidental salesperson, Jacob, which I think most people are, um, you know, folks go to school and, and, you know, study to become engineers or accountants or lawyers or doctors, but nobody ever goes to school to study to be, become a salesperson. But, um, I actually uh, graduated with an engineering degree and then was asked to uh, to take on a sales role and actually just fell in love with selling and fell in love with the process of, you know, helping people solve their problems. And so the first uh, almost 20 years of my professional career, I worked in corporate America where, you know, I was either a, a salesperson or leading salespeople or leading leaders to salespeople. And then um, uh, 17 years ago, I, I kind of had a unique opportunity to kind of go out on my own. And uh, that's when I started my consulting practice. And so today, um, you know, I travel around the globe and I help uh, sales teams perform at optimum levels. And, and it's all focused on, you know, mindset, skills, and uh, really helping salespeople know exactly what it takes to, uh, to generate the business they want and deserve. That's quite a story you have there. So fantastic. And I know you speak on different topics and you coach uh, sales organizations all over the world as you say but uh, if we start out with the focus on the question on building a pipeline uh, in this sales environment we have today which is probably more complex than ever um, if we start out with a top level question there what would you say are the most important things to focus on if you want to build and maintain a, a pipeline today as a b2b company yeah, so that's that's a really good question, Jacob. Um, when I look at at folks in B2B organizations that are doing a great job of building and maintaining pipelines, um, 
you know, I think it's kind of simple, but it's not necessarily easy. And so when I look at it, I think the first step is um, you, you really need to be perfectly clear on, on who you're targeting. Um, I oftentimes see salespeople say, well, you know, I've got a CRM or, you know, we got a BDR or something. I, I just think it's very, very important, Jacob, that you know each and every day how many conversations you need to be having and that you have that list in front of you. Uh, all the time. And, and the reason I say that is because nobody really ever defaults to prospecting mode. Um, nobody at 4.15 on Friday afternoon says, hey, I got an extra 45 minutes, I'll make a few more calls. And so in my own practice, um, I try to pride myself on always having that targeted list in front of me. So I know who I need to be talking to and whether whether that's going after new logos or whether that's maintaining existing relationships, uh, whether that's upselling or cross-selling within existing clients, it doesn't matter. I always want to be focused on people I need to be connecting with because again, it just, it just doesn't happen automatically. So I, I would tell you step one is, you know, have that list in front of you and be perfectly clear. And, and it's going to vary for uh, different people, right. In different companies, whether you need to be having two conversations a day or whether you need to be having 22 conversations a day, but you need to have that list in front of you. Um, then the second step is if I've got this list in front of me and I want to go out and build my pipeline, now I need to be able to approach this list. And when I approach the list, right, I just can't call them and say, hey, uh, would you do business with us, right? I've got to be able to approach this list and I have to be able to tell them a compelling story. And I kind of call it your sales story. And in the simplest form, Jacob, a sales story is, is, um, is the answer to this question. And the question is, what is it that you guys do? And how do you as a sales professional answer that question? What is it that you guys do? How do you answer that in 12 to 16 seconds and answer it in such a way that your target, your prospect wants to learn more? And I think this is one of the hardest things we as sales professionals have to do is we have to make sure we've got a good sales story. And, um, you know, sometimes what we see is we see, you know, marketing departments try to put together the sales story. And, and I love marketing departments. The problem is uh, when a marketing department tries to put together the sales story, it's typically you know, they're trying to be all things to all people. And you can't be, you've got to be very, very specific and very, very targeted. So we teach salespeople, hey, listen, before you pick up the phone, you know, spend three, five, maybe seven minutes really working on whatever version of the sales story you need to tell. Because uh, depending on who I'm targeting, depending on their seniority, uh, depending on the type of firm they're in, my sales story is going to change uh, slightly with who I'm targeting that day. So I want to make sure that I've got a good, compelling sales story that I can take to my list and my list is going to say, hey, guess what? We're kind of interested. So step one is knowing exactly who you're targeting. Step two, make sure you can tell a compelling story that is going to generate interest in that listener. Step three, um, I think Jacob is, you know, no matter how good your story is, you're going to have to be persistent. And, and step three is really kind of understanding um, the art of persistence. Uh, I think the figures are that um, less than 2% of new business opportunities today happen on that first attempt. So what does that look like? Uh, what that looks like, Jacob, is I'm targeting you for whatever reasons. I think you'd be a good prospect for me. And I try to reach out to you, whether it's via email or whether it's via phone. And I send you a message, this quick message that's my sell story. And I say, gee, Jacob, would you be interested in having a conversation? And what that statistic is saying is less than 2% of the time are you going to respond to that initial story. And it doesn't mean that you're not interested. It just means you're not interested yet. And so as a sales professional, um, I've got to understand how do I continue to nurture that? 
And, and there's a big difference between uh, being persistent and, and being a pest. So uh, if I'm going to approach somebody on my list, Jacob, and I'm, I'm going to tell them my sell story, uh, again, my expectation is they're not going to respond the first time. So then what is my second touch going to look like? And then what is my third touch going to look like? And what is my fourth touch going to look like? Because if my touch points are all, hey, Jacob, it's Tim, you know, I'm checking in with you, or hey, Jacob, it's Tim, I just want to touch base, you know, there's no value, there's nothing intriguing, there's nothing interesting, there's nothing fun about that kind of an outreach. And so I teach salespeople how to put together uh, a very disciplined approach to following up, where we focus on how many attempts, uh, we focus on the cadence of the attempts, right? Should you be calling every day, every other day, once a week? Uh, we, we, we focus on the mediums that you're using because one of the traps we see salespeople falling into today is they, they rely too much on email and phone alone. Mm. And email and phone are, um, are really good mediums, but they're typically overused. And then the, and then the last thing we're focused on is, well, what's the message you're trying to communicate? Because you want to continue to build on that sales message. So again, step one is I, I know who's on my list. I know who I'm targeting. Step two is I have the ability to tell a compelling story. Step three is I know that no matter how compelling my story is, uh, I'm going to have to demonstrate some professional persistence. So I have to know what a, what a follow-up plan looks like. That's then really I would interesting. You, yeah. Great, Tim. Those are the three major steps. Is there more steps to it? Or do you feel that those are the foundations that most companies uh, are struggling with? You know, I think those are the foundations and there's, there's probably one more step worth, worth, I mean, there's a lot more steps, but probably one more step worth focusing on, Jacob. And, 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 and it, the fourth step would be um, really understanding that once you finally get that conversation, um, that you want to probe and not pitch. So again, what I see happen sometimes is that, you know, a salesperson has a list. Um, they've got a pretty good sales story. Uh, they're good at following up and eventually they get that eventually they get that initial conversation whether face-to-face -face over the phone and when they get that conversation they Im immediately go into pitch mode which is the worst thing you can do and sometimes we feel pressured that we have to go into pitch mode because we know we only have 15 or 20 minutes but we really teach salespeople look you need to show up and you need to be incredibly curious about what's going on and you need to ask that prospect questions nobody else is asking them. And you need to ask them questions in a way nobody else is using so that that prospect really uh, understands your, your depth of curiosity and um, that that prospect really understands um, your expertise. Because to me, in order to ask a great question, you have to be an expert at what you're talking about. And so we really try to help salespeople understand how to kind of turn those conversations, turn those meetings on their head. And instead of showing up and pitching ideas right away, uh, being able to show up and really engage in more deeper, more meaningful conversation. Yeah, that's, that's a great uh, fourth step there. And uh, it's so easy to end up in pitch mode, <clears throat> uh, just uh, telling your standard story. So I think that's really, really interesting to hear uh, your take on that. So uh, if I just go back a little bit to to the channels to communicate there. I think that's very interesting. You said that phone and email is probably overused by most salespersons. What are your suggestions there? How can you mix that cadence? Uh, what do you see works best in complement to phone and email? I don't know if there's anything that works best. I, I think it kind of depends on you and the, and, the, and, the, and, the, and the market you're in, Jacob. But let me give you an example. You probably get way more emails than you can possibly get to every day. I know I get way more emails. And so as a salesperson, if you're trying to break in just using email, I think it's really hard to get their attention. 
Mm-hmm. Uh, when you just use the phone, the problem with the phone is more often than not, uh, you're going to be forced to leave a voicemail message. And most people really struggle to leave a clear, concise, and compelling voicemail yeah. message. So what other channels I might be suggesting is what if I, uh, what if I sent you a handwritten note? What are the odds you would read a handwritten note? Well, the odds are probably pretty high because very few people are sending you a handwritten note. Or what if I sent you a postcard? Um, or what if I sent you an interesting article? So I'm really trying to um, not focus solely on these electronic electronic mediums, but to kind of get outside of those because I know if I come into the office and and there's an envelope sitting on my desk, I'm probably going to open that and read that before I ever look at my email. So it's really about um, becoming kind of non-traditional and 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 almost going old school on on sending things of value, sending handwritten notes. Um, you know, send, sending something fun, sending something that might be amusing, you know, always done in good taste, but really trying to break through that noise. Ah, that's, uh, that's a good tip there. So, um, I think, uh, that's very interesting to hear. So another question I have around that is, um, it's, it's of course, uh, hard to do that to a very long list. Do you feel that most salespeople are working the wrong target group or um, because there's a lot of discussion around today, uh, account-based marketing and, uh, you know, going after the right accounts and so on. Um, and if you do target more narrowly, you can go more deep and be more creative and so on. Um, and we can see that trend uh, coming more and more, of course, but what's your take on, on that in, uh, in combination to, to sales today? And, and how to communicate and so on. Well, uh, um, again, I think you're, you're asking the right question. What, what, what I just described is hard to scale, right? So if you're trying to, um, you know, if you're trying to have 200, if you're trying to target 200 people every day, it, it, that's almost physically impossible without some sort of automation. And so, you know, there are some people, and I don't think there's a right or wrong, Jacob. I think there's some people, some organizations, uh, some companies that like the mindset of, hey, let's, let's, let's go, uh, quantity over quality. Uh, I, I prefer to do uh, quality over quantity. So instead of me trying to have two, you know, trying to uh, outreach 200 people today, I, I may be trying to outreach eight people today. Um, but I know these eight are, uh, I've done my homework, I've done my research, and I know there's a higher probability of me having a really, really good conversation with people uh, on, the, on the list of eight than there would be if I had this list of 20. So um, I, I guess I kind of have a mindset sometimes that less is more. If you really, if you do your homework up front, um, I believe less is more. Yeah, totally agree, totally agree. So that's really great. Do you, do you suggest to use technology as um, uh, video emails and those kind of things uh, in order to spice things up to your cadences and outreaches? Or what's your take on the new technology platform that's emerging within sales? I think being able to do the video emails and whatnot, I think that's a wonderful idea. You know, the caveat there, I guess there's really two caveats is number one, um, if you're going to be in the video, you need to make sure that you're doing a good job being in the video because it's a double-edged sword, right? If, if, if the video will either be really, really super effective for you or it could really distract, it could hurt you. So you wanna make sure that when you, when you send video email that you do a good job of shooting good video email. 
And then the second caveat is depending on who you're targeting, you know, sometimes those kinds of video emails are flagged and, and you actually have a hard time getting them to your target. But, you know, the question is, uh, do, I, do I think you should embrace all the technology that's out there? Absolutely. Because um, you won't know unless you try. Uh, you won't know what technologies are really going to work the best for you. Yeah, I agree. Interesting comment there on video emails. And also, I think, do you see any typical changes in the team or organization of sales today? Or what do you think is important to think about there? You know, yeah, I think we're seeing uh, more BDRs. I think we're seeing more SDRs. I think we're seeing uh, more emphasis on on inside salespeople versus outside salespeople. And, and I'm not sure we've got that all figured out just yet. Um, and I think the good news is I, I just, you know, always be experimenting. I, I Again, I don't think there's one right answer that's going to serve you all the time. And I think organizations that are really successful today um, have an openness and a willingness to try different things. So, you know, let's, let's experiment with a BDR and SDR role. Let's see how that works. Let's, um, uh, let's experiment with some automation. Let's experiment with video email. Um, Cause you, you know, you really won't know until you put it into practice, whether or not that idea is going to be successful, but I think you have to have a willingness uh, and an open-mindedness to be willing to experiment. Yeah, totally agree. One thing we run into today is that it's since product development goes so fast today, many companies have quite a hard time to differentiate on a product level today. Uh, what is your feedback to your clients on how to stand out among competitors today when you know everybody can release a new software within three to six months? So if you have a new feature, your competitors will have it six months down the road or something like that. So how do you help your clients manage that challenge today? Well, that's a very real challenge. And um, my answer, Jacob, would be um, is, is, is to focus less on, on what you sell and to pay a little more attention to how you sell. So when you, when you focus too much on what you sell, you're going to get caught up in, in features and advantages and benefits. You're going to get caught up in uh, all the Me Too stuff that's coming out. You're going to get caught up in, yeah, we just announced this, but my competitor will have it in 90 days. And, and trust you me, what you sell is really important. There's no doubt about it. But when you as a sales professional focus more on how you sell, that's where you really differentiate yourself. If, if you look at it another way, Jacob, if what you sell, if, if your product or your service, if that, was the, if that was the defining variable for your success, then everybody inside the organization would be 100% of quota. And that's never the case. Why are some people... 120, 140, 150% of quota, and why are some people 70% of quota? Well, it, it ain't the what you sell, it's the how they're selling. And so it's important that you got great products, it's important that you got a competitive service, but at the end of the day, you've got to differentiate how you approach your clients, you've got to differentiate how you manage your pipeline, you've got to differentiate how you walk people through that buying process. Yeah, that's interesting. And uh, I think that's so true rings true to a lot of companies struggling with that today. So uh, what do you think, I know uh, you're also talking a lot about uh, how to make a memorial presentation and when you come to the probing phase and you're going to deliver your message, do you have one thing that you know sales organizations are struggling with there that you can uh, give us a recommendation about how to be memorable about that. 
You know, I, yeah, I, I think um, I think a lot of organizations, or I shouldn't say that, the organizations that struggle struggle with the presentation, Jacob. Typically, what I see is that they don't have a defined process for putting together the presentation, and and so what ends up happening is you kind of got you kind of got that standard slide at the beginning that's got your logo, it's got the client's logo, it's got your name on it, it's got the date, it says company confident, right? We just we just kind of recycle these decks over and over again, and and the decks are not very clear, um, the decks are certainly not concise, it, it, it's not compelling, so. Uh, when I work with organizations, I'm teaching a process on how to put together a better presentation, and it, it's not necessarily a, about my process, but I do believe it's about having a process. I mean, the number one question you should be able to ask your sales team or ask your sales executives is, hey, what process did you use to put together this presentation? And most people will just shrug their shoulders. It's like, oh, I don't know, you know, I grabbed this slide, and I got this slide, and, you know, the marketing likes this slide, and my boss always wants to see that slide. So it's kind of this bastardized collection of information. And, um, and I think when organizations say, whoa, whoa, slow down, let's really think about the story we're telling. Let's really think about how we're going to engage our listeners. Let's really think about uh, what specific call to action are we going to have at the end of the presentation. Once they start thinking about those things, I believe the presentations become much clearer and, uh, and much more effective. Yeah, that's, that's true. Uh, so I think that's a key face for many companies where we also <laughs> sometimes totally miss uh, miss the target there so more standardized uh, more more processes so we can uh, uh, not have all those standardized default decks <laughs> yeah a lot of them out there it is it is death by powerpoint um, yes sir <laughs> i was thinking a little bit about uh what do you see are the most important trends in B2B sales and sales organization coming during 2020. Do you see anything important coming up on the scene here that a sales team needs to, you know, keep track of or, or maybe start working at or something like that? You know, um, this is going to be a less than exciting answer, but what I would tell you is that, uh, yeah, there's going to be exciting things that are going to happen, you know, in technology, in organizational structure, in compensation. Um, but at the end of the day, I think the things we need to be focused on are really those basics, are really those fundamentals, because those will never change. Um, you know, if we go back to what we talked about at the very beginning of this conversation, Jacob, if, you, if you've got all the technology in the world, right, and, and you don't know who you're targeting, you will not be successful. If you've got all the latest toys and widgets and you don't know how to tell a compelling story, you're not gonna be successful. Um, if you're surrounded by this massive support team and, and you don't really uh, know how to be persistent without becoming a pest, you're not going to be successful. So I, I'm kind of a big believer in that the more things change, the more they stay the same. And that while we have all these wonderful things that will come in the, next, uh, in the next three months, in the next three years, in the next 13 years, right, things are going to change. But my experience is the people that are the most successful uh, stay focused on the fundamentals. I, I mean, it's, you know, you, you've got the sports metaphor, right? Because to me, selling is, is a skill and, and sports are a skill. And you look at some of the highest paid athletes, um, you know, right now here in the States this time of the year, you know, baseball players are going back to spring training. And what do they do at spring training? Uh, they take batting practice, they throw, they hit, they catch. They're doing the fundamentals. And they've been doing that for their entire lives, you know, 30 plus years. 
And yet every year they go back and they work on those fundamentals. And so uh, you show me somebody who's really mastered the fundamentals and uh, I'll show you somebody that I think will be successful. Yeah. <clears throat> That's good summarizing of, uh, of our discussion here. I think it rings so true to all the B2B organizations we also work with. And uh, <clears throat> thank you so much for all your insights here, Tim. Uh, I know you have a lot of great content and I know quite a few companies could probably need your help as well if, if they have struggles with those kind of things. So if people want to check you out, where can we send them, Tim? Uh, you know, probably the, probably the least threatening thing they can do is just go visit the website. So it's www.timwakel.com. And um, lots of free content out there, lots of, lots of online training programs. You don't even have to get out your wallet. But, you know, take a look at a lot of the things I talk about. There's resources out there. But that, that would be the first step. And then, um, you know, there's questions or concerns or confusion. Uh, I've, I've got a phone and I answer it every day. So just give me a call. Well, thank you so much for that. And I, uh, I'm sure a lot of people will enjoy your content there, which I can say is very good for sales organizations who want to <clears throat> become better and more efficient. Thank you yeah. so much for your time, Tim. I appreciate all your insights you have given us here and a lot of tips and uh, ideas I think we need to start working on or continue to practice on. So thank you so much, Ray. What's a pleasure to have you with us on the podcast. Thank you very much. Okay. Have a great day, everybody. And thanks for listening. Thank you for listening to Lead Generation Strategies for B2B tech companies. Don't forget to subscribe. You will find it where podcasts live. Discover how we can help you with your lead generation activities at brightvision.com.